Hey, what's up, guys? Joe here, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. How you doing? This is actually my REI in your car series. I'm starting to do more of these now. It's kind of fun. I'm just driving around. Dropped my daughter off gymnastics early this morning. Super proud of her. Um, getting up early, going to gymnastics practice three days a week, like four hours each practice, which is a lot for a 10-year-old, but that's still, compared to other gyms, not not as much as some other gyms. It's crazy, these girls. Um, anyway, she's super competitive, very athletic, very strong. I'm super proud of her and all my kids. Anyway, I wanted to talk about something that's a common question that I get and I thought this would be good to touch on. You know, I've done episodes on this before, but here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how to do a wholesaling lease option deal. All right, some people call it lease option assignment. Some people call it cooperative assignments. Some people call it, uh, I've heard it called teamwork assignments. I've heard it called arbitrage assignments or arbitrage lease options. So there's a lot of different things to call it, but what it is, it's simply getting a lease option agreement and then assigning that agreement to somebody else. All right, so let me kind of give you the backstory of how I discovered it. Um, And I didn't invent it, but something that I kind of, I don't know. I don't want to give myself more credit than I need or deserve or do, but uh, I kind of made it, I I made the phrase wholesaling lease options uh, kind of well-known. Anyway, so this is where you, you find a property, a seller who doesn't have enough equity, maybe. Uh, they just want to sell it, but maybe they can't. They owe too much. They, they don't have the money to put it into the property to get it fixed up. And uh, they, they have a, a mortgage payment, two mortgage payments, and they're stressed out. And they don't know how they're going to do it. And uh, they don't want to be a landlord. So they want to sell it. They can't. They don't want to rent it because they don't want to be a landlord or it needs too much work or whatever. And so they maybe not have enough equity either. And so any wholesaler, another investor would pass up on the deal or their cash offer is way too low. And so I used to throw those leads away, right? There wasn't enough equity, not enough motivation. I would throw that lead away because there was nothing I could do with it. So I thought, well, what if I did a lease option on these things, right? But there's not enough cash flow in it. I don't want to stay in the middle. There's not enough equity either. I don't want to stay in the middle. So what do I do? So I was a big fan. I was starting to do some wholesaling at the time. This was 2008 and nine. And I was starting to do some wholesaling, but it was a lot of work. I was spending a lot of money on marketing, throwing away a lot of leads. It didn't have enough equity. It didn't fit in this little pop, this little box of high equity, high motivation. And I was competing against so many other investors. It was frustrating. I couldn't. I, I, I didn't. I couldn't go see the houses and look at them, you know, because I was working my full time job. And so I thought, what if I did a lease option on these things? What if I wholesaled a lease option? And I thought this is interesting. So I started thinking about it, and uh, I started doing it. And then I started stumbling my way through it. I didn't know anybody else was really doing it. Right? I would get a property. No, first what I started doing is I just started networking at the local real estate clubs and I would tell other investors, hey, if you have a lease option property or a property you want to do a lease option, let me know and I'll do the marketing and I'll find a tenant buyer for you and you just pay me a thousand bucks. In fact, I think my first time it was $500. You just pay me $500 
and you know, a couple guys said, okay. And I made 500 bucks and I realized, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work for just $500. Then I got a thousand dollars and I thought, this is crazy. Uh, it's a lot of work for just a thousand dollars. And, um, I thought, well, maybe I could just, I find, instead of finding the investors with the properties, I'll find a homeowner and, um, maybe I'll get $1,500. So I found a homeowner that was willing to do a lease option. And I told him, all right, I'm not going to stay in the middle. I'm just going to sell my lease option to somebody else and I'll take half of the rent or one month's rent is what it was at the time. I'll just take one month's rent. And I did that a few times. And I thought this is frustrating because I'm not making much money. And the way I was doing it, I should, you know, I was, I was not licensed at the time. I don't think, but what I was doing should have been, I should have been licensed. It is kind of licensed activity if you're not doing it the right way. So anyway, um, I started finding other people uh, that were doing this. Um, at one time there's a, there's a forum online and I think it's still there. It's called the naked investor and it's not naked as in nudity. (laughs) I don't think the guy who's created it is a chef and he's really good. Michael Carbonaire, I think his name is. And he had a website, naked-investor.com. And it all had to do with like naked ingredients means like pure, fresh ingredients. So anyway, (laughs) it's a, it's an active form. And there are a lot of people on there that were doing cooperative assignments. And so I started uh, getting into that form and stuff. And then I found a guy who was doing lease option flips or assignments from India, in the, from the country of India in Chicago. And he was doing these deals from Chicago. He was, um, used to live there. He's a U.S. citizen, used to live in Chicago, went to, uni- went to college in the United States, got frustrated with the pace of life here, and got frustrated with climbing the corporate ladder, wanted to work for himself. But... Um, so he decided to move to India, back to his home country, to be with his family. And then he still continued doing these lease option flips here in Chicago. And he was doing four or five a month from India. I thought, oh, that's amazing. And then I met another guy who was doing lease option flips in Atlanta from his beach condo in Florida. I thought, wow. And then I started talking to these people. And I found out they were making a lot more than just $1,500 doing this. They were requiring three percent, three to five percent down from the tenant buyer, and was were, were keeping the entire option money. So, if, it, if let's say it's just simple round numbers, let's say it's a hundred, let's say it's a two hundred thousand dollar house, you're going to get let's say three percent. That's six grand. Okay, these investors that were flipping these lease options were keeping the entire six grand as their assignment fee. And then I started learning the right way to do it through lease option assignments and not the kind of weird way I was doing it. So I started I started um, expecting and asking for more. So I would find a motivated seller who didn't could, wanted to sell their house but couldn't, were, was willing to do a lease option, and there wasn't enough cash flow or equity. So I would say, <clears throat> listen, all right, I'll, I will give you a lease option contract. It's contingent on me finding a tenant buyer to live in the house. So you can keep on advertising the house. If you sell it or lease it before I do, then that's fine. You just cancel my agreement. You don't owe me anything. So there's nothing to risk. And you get to approve the tenant buyer that I put in the house because I make the seller sign the assignment agreement. So all three parties sign the assignment agreement. And I'll explain the steps of the paperwork here in a minute. And to my shock, sellers started saying, okay, fine. They didn't have any problem with me keeping the assignment fee the option deposit as my assignment fee because I was giving them 
uh, what they wanted. I was giving them the price they needed and the rent that they needed. And I was in and out of the deal. And I was pre-screening these tenant buyers with my mortgage broker who was telling me, yeah, these people are, you know, they just need a year or two to get a mortgage and this is what they need to do. So anyway, I started doing this and within about three months of doing wholesaling lease option deals, I was making more money doing that part-time than I was in my full-time job. And I was making about 75 grand a year. So I don't know what that is a month, seven grand a month. And um, started six or seven grand a month. I was making more than that three months in a row consistently. And that's when I quit my job. One of the things I did is I first thing I did is I hired a coach who was doing lease options and um, I wanted to see how you do it in a real business. But anyway, fast forward about a year, I was shocked to see that the domain wholesaling lease options was available. So I bought it and a lot of people started asking me how to do this. And then I created a course called Wholesaling Lease Options. And it really kind of took off and I've been selling it for, I've been selling that course for over 10 years. Um, I wrote a book about this whole subject. If you want to get it, you get it for free. Just pay a little bit of shipping and handling. If you go to wlobook.com, wlobook.com, teach you how to do this strategy um, with the book. So anyway, here's kind of how it works. It's really, really simple. It's not that complicated. And let's use... Let's use a $100,000 house to kind of break it down and keep it simple. Let's say this house is, a seven, is, is worth $100,000. The seller owes $90,000, okay? And let's say it rents for $1,000 a month, but their mortgage payment is $900 a month. That's principal taxes, insurance, all of that. It's a $900 a month is their, is their payment. So that's not a good deal to do a sandwich lease option or, just, or to buy subject to, in my opinion, because there's not enough equity and there's not enough cash flow. Now, some people would disagree with me because the market's screaming hot right now and they would would take that property all day long subject to, they would just take over the mortgage or um, do a sandwich lease option because there's a little bit of cash flow and a little bit of equity, but prices are going up, they're appreciating. So that's that's a different story for a different time. I, I, I still, even in this hot market, I don't like that. Because what may look like a good deal now is not going to look like a good deal in a couple of years when the market finally collapses <laughs> and starts coming back down to earth. I feel like we're on an, we're we're dancing on a balloon that's inflating, and uh, just can't keep on inflating forever. So I see a lot of people making the same mistakes that we were making, that I was making in two thousand six and seven counting on appreciation never thinking that house prices could go down and taking on deals with no cash flow no equity just to why i don't know tax write-offs maybe you know if you have enough in reserves then that's okay but man i don't know history always does repeat itself anyway okay so this hundred thousand dollar house the seller owes 90 their payments are 900 so I offer the seller, but you know they want to sell it, but they can't because maybe it needs too much work after the commissions and the work they need to put into it. They're going to have to come to closing with money. Uh, I was just talking to a seller and their friend yesterday. They have a house with equity, but um, they've already sold it. I mean, they've already uh, bought another house, moved into it, and this house is just kind of dragging them down and they can't afford two mortgage payments for any much longer. And uh, they just want to get rid of this property. So they're willing to do something creative. Anyway, so if I were to make a cash offer on this deal, I'd probably offer 70,000, which is 20,000 less than what they owe. They're not gonna do that. 
so they don't have much. If they were to list it with a realtor, they're going to have to put five or ten grand in it to fix it up. They're going to have to pay what six grand in commissions. They're going to have a closing costs, maybe a couple, three, four months of carrying costs, and they're going to actually still come to closing with money. But you know, they've moved out of town, or they're going through divorce, or something's going on in their life, and they don't want to be long distance landlords. They don't want to be a landlord. And I come to them and I say, listen. What if I could buy it from you for a hundred grand? It's worth a hundred. I'll buy it from you for a hundred. And the payments are 900. What if I give you a thousand a month in rent? And you're like, what? How could you do that, Joe? Well, I'm going to give the seller a lease option for a hundred thousand dollars and a thousand dollars a month and a hundred dollars down for two years. That's my lease option agreement, right? So when a lease option, you need a few things. You need the option price, you need the rent, you need the down payment or option money, and you need the term, the number of years. And so I give the seller what they want. I say, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a lease option. Within two years, I'll buy it for a hundred. I'll pay you thousand dollars a month in rent. And I'll put a hundred dollars option deposit and for two years. And they say, well, this sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? I say, well, the catch is I'm going to turn around and sell this lease option to a deserving tenant buyer who works is gonna work with my mortgage broker and we're gonna to try to get them into a mortgage in one or two years. I'm not promising or guaranteeing anything, but if they, if they get a mortgage, well, how do you get paid? I said, well, I get paid from the tenant buyer. You don't pay me anything. And I get paid from whatever the tenant buyer puts down on the house. So if they put three grand or five grand down, that's gonna be my assignment fee. That's gonna be my profit, three or $5,000. Um, and I'm just going to tack it, or I'm going to tack it on to the price. I want to add it to the price of the home. All right, they say fine. I say, by the way, and if they bring in any objections, say, listen, by the way, if you sell it or rent it before I find a tenant buyer to sell this contract to, you can just cancel my agreement. You don't owe me anything. Uh, there's no risk to you, and you're going to sign all the paperwork at the end, so you get to approve whoever I put in this house. Okay, what's what's the big deal? No problem. All right. They sign my lease option contract. So I'm going to give them, and I have a simple one page, the way I like to do it. I have a one page agreement. I give it to the seller. And those three or four things are on it, right? $100,000, $1,000 a month, $100 down option deposit to make the contract valid for two years. Then I'm going to turn around because now I am the tenant buyer in the house, okay? I have the option to lease option it. Um, I'm, gonna have, I'm the tenant buyer in it, but it doesn't start until you know, 45, 60 days down the road. And that's, I forgot to mention that too. It starts um, in 60 days. Uh, and the option also says it's non-binding. It can be canceled by any party, either party at any time. And um, simple, right? Really simple. Now I'm the tenant buyer in the house. I mean, in, in, the, in the deal. So I have an equitable, I have equitable interest and I have the right to sublease it out to somebody else. This is just like just like a sandwich lease option at this point, okay? This is just like a sandwich lease option where I'm going to be staying in the middle until I choose to get out, all right? Now I'm going to bump the price up to, let's say, $105,000 because we're going to sell this house to a tenant buyer uh, in two years. So I'm going to sell it for $105,000. And so I'm going to put a prop, I'm going to put the property on Facebook Marketplace, um, Zillow for rent if I can, um, uh, Craigslist signs, signs work really, really good. I'm going to put a, I'm going to advertise this house, rent to own, lease purchase, $105,000, uh, $5,000, 
moves you in and the rent is going to be a thousand dollars a month. Now, sometimes I don't advertise what the option deposit is. Um, I'll just say, um, no banks needed. Forget the banks. Okay. We're looking for somebody, I call them penalty box buyers. We're looking for somebody who um, is six to 12 months away from getting a mortgage. They just need some time. Um, they just have little things on your credit, not big things, right? They don't have $100,000 in unpaid child support um, or judgments against them, right? Uh, they don't have a 100 credit score. Uh, they don't have unpaid utility bills from six months ago. These are just people that uh, something happened, life happened, the divorce, job loss, the COVID impacted them or something like that. They have a good reason for bad credit. You understand? And so whenever somebody applies, I send them to a local mortgage broker who works with people with challenged credit. And he looks at their credit and says, listen, okay, that's just all right. They need about 12 months. They need to do this and this and this, and they should be able to get a mortgage. Not making any promises, but they should be able to get a mortgage. That's the kind of person I'm looking for, right? And I'm going to give them the opportunity then to live in a home and to rent a home that they get then the opportunity to buy. And... If they put down whatever money they put down up front, they get credited back to them in 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 the um, in, in the purchase of the home. All right, so I advertise the property then for at lease option for one hundred and five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars moves you in a thousand dollars a month, and I don't do typically rent credits. Okay, you could if you wanted. Like let's say you were doing. I don't want to complicate this, but let's say, because people always ask, rent credits. What about rent credits? All right, so let's say I decide to do $3,000 in rent credits that go towards closing costs. Now, I remember I promised a seller a hundred grand in two years. So if I'm going to give the tenant buyer who lives in the house $3,000 a month in rent credits to go towards closing costs in the future, I need to bump the price up another three grand. So instead of advertising it for 105, I'm going to advertise it for $108,000. Now, do you think that house that's worth 100 today will appraise for 108 in two years? Well, right now in this current market, yes, it will. What if it doesn't appraise for 108? Well, it's kind of not a big deal, right? Because the seller, do they want the house back? That tenant buyer has been in there. They've been paying the rent every month. They've been taking care of the house. Usually what happens is the seller just gives them another year or extends it until it does appraise. And there's language in my contract that if the house doesn't appraise or if the tenant can't get a mortgage in two years, they don't automatically get kicked out. They get the opportunity to extend it if they want. Okay, So I don't kick any tenant buyers out if they can't get a mortgage in two years. I give them the opportunity to put maybe an additional deposit down. Um, the price might go up a little bit. The rent might go up a little bit. But they get the opportunity to stay in the house if they want to. I just think that's fair. And whenever I'm doing these lease options, by the way, you have to make sure everybody wins. The seller wins, the buyer wins, you win. There has to be full disclosure, full openness, uh, full transparency. Um, everybody has to win, right? So I get an application. Somebody wants to see the house. A lot of times I had the sellers, when I was doing a lot of these deals, I had the sellers show the house for me because they want to meet the person in there anyway. And I'm halfway across the town, halfway across the country. So I make the sellers send me pictures it's very easy to do these deals virtually. Okay, you just have to set the expectations up front. It's very, very easy to do these deals virtually. And sometimes, you know, here's another cool thing. I hope I'm not talking too long about this. Here's another cool thing. Sometimes I presented these deals 
as uh, a partnership with the seller. Listen, why don't I partner with you on this thing? Let's, uh, let's work something out where I'll help you do a lease option on this thing. And I just get paid from the buyer, but I'm gonna need your help. And we'll just split whatever profit I make on this deal. Would that be fair? All right, and so I'll, give the, I'll tell the seller, listen, I'll give you 25% of whatever I make. <clears throat> I'll give you your asking price plus 25% of my profit. Would that be fair? <laughs> Which is really, really good, right? So I might get five grand from the tenant buyer. I'll, I'll keep 75% of that and give 25% to the seller. And the seller then will be the one to take the pictures and show the property and work with me. So that's that's one of the reasons why the, the, uh, the, they're called cooperative assignments or cooperative lease options, okay? Because, and, and you, by the way, guys, listen to me. This is a huge gold nugget. You will get so many more deals if you present your, uh, when you're talking to sellers, you present it that way. Where in, instead it's like, hey, let's let's partner on this deal, right? Let me do the work. Let me do the heavy lifting. But, you know, since I'm across the country, you just send me some pictures. Uh, you help me show the house and stuff like that. And uh, we'll split the profits on this deal. I'll give you your asking price plus 25% of my profits. Would that be fair? Then, you know, you're now you have a boots on the ground person. You understand what I'm saying? All right. So back to where I was. I'm going to advertise this house now for $108,000 because I'm going to, and $1,000 a month for two years, $5,000 down. Why am I doing 108,000? Because I advertise now also, I'm going to be advertising this price, this property as $3,000 rent credits. So what's, what's 3,000 divided? Let me get my calculator now. It's not going to let me on my phone. Uh, Whatever $3,000 divided by 24 months is. So whatever that, let's just say it's $125 a month. You're going to now advertise $125 a month rent credits if you pay your rent on time. And they're going to go towards the closing costs. All right. So let's say now two years, tenants paid their rent on time every month. They've been working with my mortgage broker. They're ready to get a mortgage. Now, how do the numbers work? Okay. By this time, by the way, I'm out of the deal. So the the tenant buyer, I find a good one. They put down $5,000. The option deposit check um, either has to be made out to the seller or it has to be made out to the title company or an escrow company or it could be made out to you but it's just easier to for that option deposit money to be credited back to the tenant buyer as part of their future down payment if it's made to an escrow company or to the seller so you just have to work that out it's not a big deal just figure it out but anyway so the tenant buyer is going to write down write write a five thousand dollar option deposit check that's my assignment fee that's how I make my money. But fast forward two years, when the tenant buyer is ready to get a mortgage, we're going to set the sale price at what? The sale price of that house, we're going to do a new contract. The new contract is going to be between the seller, the original owner, and the tenant buyer, the buyer. I'm done and I'm out of the deal, okay? What's the sale price going to be on that purchase agreement? $108,000, right? $108,000. They paid their rent, so they get a $3,000 rent credit, right? So 108 minus 3,000 brings it down to 105. They also are going to get a credit back for $5,000 for what they put down originally up front. So that's a $5,000 credit minus 5,000 is back to 100,000. So 108 minus 3 is 105. 105 minus 5 is 100,000. Remember that original agreement I had with the seller was 100 grand. Okay? And then everybody's happy, right? And they close. The um, 
the, the monthly rent, by the way, I like to use a third-party escrow company. So a third-party escrow company will collect the rent every month from the tenant buyer, will pay the mortgage, and then the, any difference that's left over will go to the seller every month. That way you know it's being handled and taken care of um, by an escrow company. I don't know if I explained that well enough. <laughs> if I didn't, go get my book, wlobook.com, wlobook.com, and get my free book. It's uh, called Wholesaling Lease Options. You just pay six bucks for shipping and handling or something like that, and I'll send it out to you. Um, yeah, let me see if there's anything else because I feel like I, I could have explained something better, but I think I'm okay there. Really, it's simple. If you, if you think about it in terms of you're going to get a property under contract from the seller on a lease option where you're a tenant buyer. Oh, I remember what I forgot. Remember I told you at the front, I give them a one-page lease option agreement, okay? That's between me and the seller. Now, but when you find the tenant buyer, you're going to create a brand new lease and a brand new option agreement at the higher price. So I find a good tenant buyer who wants to buy this house for 108,000 a month. They're going to put $5,000 down. Okay. I'm going to do a new lease for $1,000 a month for two years between me and the homeowner because I'm still the tenant buyer in the middle. And I'm going to do a new option agreement. And the purchase option price is going to be 108, $5,000 down, a $3,000 rent credit. If we pay the rent on time, it's all conditional and paying it on time. They're going to get $3,000 to reduce the price of the home or it goes towards their closing costs, all right? Then I take those two new agreements that are between me and the seller and there's an assignment agreement. And then I assign those two agreements to the tenant buyer, the new tenant buyer that's going to move in the house. And my assignment fee is $5,000 and then I'm done and I'm out of the deal, okay? Now, those two agreements, the, the lease and the option agreement, are between the seller and the new tenant buyer, and I'm done and I'm out of the deal. And now there's two separate agreements. There's a separate lease and a separate option, right? On that assignment agreement, all three parties sign it. Seller signs it, the tenant buyer signs it, and then I sign it. All right, simple as that. (laughs) Clear as mud? I think I did a good job explaining that, I think. I don't know. Anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. It's been fun, I, I love teaching this stuff. I, I've, I've taught this to thousands of students and, um, you know, it works better is sometimes, you know, here's the thing. It works in any market. Sometimes it works better in a cold market, a buyer's market, but I still do these deals in the seller's market. Um, you can do these types of deals in any market. It's good to just have it in your repertoire, right? If you have a seller that is reject, you know, can't take your cash offer because it's too low. There's not enough equity. Uh, in the deal, uh, not enough cash flow. It's not something you want to stay in the middle. Well, don't just throw the lead away. Just give the seller their options and say, listen, one other thing we could do, we could do a lease option on this thing and I'm not going to stay in the middle, but I'll, uh, here's, the, here's the agreement. I'm just going to sell this agreement to a pre-qualified tenant buyer who's going to work with this mortgage broker over here and um, they'll lease option the property for this and uh, this is how I make my money. And you can approve them or not, right? And I'm not going to lock up the property. So if you sell it on your own, great. You know, just cancel this agreement. There's no risk to you. And this is how I'm going to get paid, okay? And they explain it. You understand. They understand. And you're good. 
So this is just a great tool in your tool belt to offer to sellers as an option. That's why I love it so much. And you can make a full-time income doing just these deals. All right. Listen, guys, uh, go check out my book if you want to learn more about it. WLObook.com. WLObook.com. You can read the whole thing in about an hour or two hours. It's really simple. And it's a real good book. Got great feedback on it. You can't buy it on Amazon. Okay? You have to go through my sneaky sales funnel to get it. It's free, quote, unquote, (laughs) free, if you pay shipping and handling. But, uh, it, it, yeah, it's pretty cool. In fact, <laughs> I looked on Amazon the other day, and you can buy it on Amazon for 40 bucks. I think. <laughs> People sell used books on Amazon, you know. But And then there'll be some opportunity. I'm going to uh, try to st- sell you some stuff if uh, you want. But just if you don't want that stuff, just say no. Just click no. Right? And then I'm going to email you, and I'm going to spam you, and I'm going to sell you a bunch of other stuff after that. And if you don't want my stuff, you can unsubscribe. Just reply to the email and tell me to F off. And I'll unsubscribe you. Not a big deal. But uh, anyway, you're gonna you're gonna like the book. All right, <laughs> whatever. I appreciate y'all, and uh, take care. Hey, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, subscribe to, at Apple Podcast and leave me a review. I haven't asked for a podcast review in a long time, so go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review uh, wherever you listen. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Take care. Adios.